Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the outhouse and i have a trading problem i am rocky petrella and i also have a trading problem i'm dynasty coach a and i absolutely have a trading problem hey everybody this is clearly not the usual opening to the show but i want to before we get started uh talk a little bit about you know damar hamlin and everything that happened with the the buffalo bills and the bengals game and everything and of course, eventually we're going to talk about the fantasy football ramifications of this. But first and foremost, like this is a human being issue. Like this is health. This is everything. And I want to first, I mean, I'm not the praying kind of man, but if anyone out there is prayers, thoughts, positive vibes, good juju, whatever the heck you believe in, throw it towards Buffalo, you know anything please just get better um but i do want to say real quick that i mean i i know i talked about it a little bit on twitter and we recorded the dlf trade show this afternoon and i brought it up on those other two places where it's it feels weird to be creating content about fantasy football right now like mm-hmm. it, it really really does like i the level of energy is absolutely not going to be there and not just because I'm kind of sick, but, um, but the important thing is I am doing this because this is how I cope. My, my coping mechanism is to put my head down and go on with the routine of my day because I am an internalizer. I am a dweller. I'm a wallower and you call it what you will that, if I don't keep going and doing what I'm doing, I'm going to sit there and just fall down an endless pit of bad, bad, bad things. So again, while it does feel weird to do this, this is what I'm doing. This is what I have to do. And the reason I bring that up is not to defend what I, you know, us recording in any way, shape or form. It's just to say, cope, do something. It doesn't matter that we didn't know this man personally, this affects all of us in 
in ways we like maybe this isn't something you've ever really felt before but the important thing is to do something is to cope is to deal with it somehow because if you just sort of push this away if you just move on and act like it's nothing like that that's not good for your mental health and that is insanely important mental health for all of us out there so i mean if, if you any reason whatsoever if you need someone to talk to someone to yell to someone to anything at dynasty outhouse reach out to me please and no matter what your coping mechanism is as long as it's not harmful to you or anyone else please just just go for it just do something and be well be kind be positive in any way shape or form and I guess before we move on to the silliness that is actual fantasy football, I mean, Rocky, and I'm still, I'm calling you John. I'm not calling you Coach A at this point. So if either of you two have anything to add, please go for it. Uh, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think you said a lot of it pretty well, Russ, over the way a lot of us are feeling. Uh, it was, I actually wasn't even watching the game. I was driving around in my car at that point. And even then it was kind of terrifying just to hear them describing it on, on the radio. And, I'm with you. It's just, it's been kind of, I just was kind of freaked out, especially last night. I, I I know I've watched games too, where usually more of a concussion type thing where I've been very scared for what's happening to a guy. And I've always been worried something horrible like this could happen on the field. It's, you try to push it away most weeks when things like this aren't happening, but it's, you know, it's coming down on us full force right here. So I, I think you said it well. The only thing I wanted to add is, um, and I'm not saying you need to do this, especially if it's a big payout or things like that. Now you shouldn't have to sacrifice your money, but I know in a couple different leagues, uh, especially uh, they're actually third place games, which is just basically like a buy-in and we're uh, two different leagues. I'm in, we both agreed uh, the third place teams play, playing in that game to donate to the Hamlin toy drive. So I think that's a great idea if you want to do that. Uh, Again, especially I know some people are playing in leagues with they're winning four hundred dollars. You don't want to necessarily maybe you don't want to donate for it. Maybe you need four hundred dollars, but if you want to donate fifty of it or, or something like that, I just think I love to see everything you just kept seeing on Twitter. Like it's up to like three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand of toy drive and all that stuff that he's doing. So, uh, just wanted to throw that out there as well. It was actually five million dollars. Yeah, it's over four <laughs> last I saw it. So that's amazing that it's up to five. Yeah, yeah. it's over five million dollars. Uh, so obviously, terrible tragedy, ter- insane to watch. You know, my like, like I was telling these guys before, my mouth was just agape, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe what was going on. Um, but at least some good has come from it. You know, like you, I try to always look on the bright side. Um, and then going back to what Russ was saying, you know it might feel weird and it does feel weird to pot about football, but I think it also makes you think about like, what's important to me. What's you know, like, what do I love? And that, and that kind of thing. And we love talking about f- football, fantasy football, that kind of stuff. And so here we are doing, you know, what we love. And, and I think that that's important as well. And obviously, you know, we're, we're hoping and praying and all that kind of stuff that he's going to be fine. But, you know, I think that's all I really need to say about it. Yeah, it, absolutely. Perspective is a very, important word at this point um but i guess at this point even though transition is literally impossible from this to where we're going i mean we're going to move on to talking about fantasy football so 
Welcome to session 245 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAB Network, if you will. And it felt weird not doing this last week. So, yes, I will this week. I think you I were mean, somewhere in France doing that. You know, yeah, Monday in my night. sleep because night, yeah. it's hours ahead and I was asleep. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, if you can't hear, I, I was in France last week and, you know, you go sightseeing and then we went to Disneyland Paris and it rained all five days. So this this is the result of being outside in rain for five days. My kids are absolutely fine, by the way. You know, went back to school. They're jumping, skipping, and whatever kids do at school. I don't remember anymore. It's been so long. But my wife and I are both just like messes. But, okay, here we go. Let's – man, I again, I have no idea what the hell to do. Like, at this point, there's no – not going to bother talking about injuries if there even were any. I, I honestly just didn't watch much. I watched the first half of the early games, and then I'm like – I can feel the anxiety getting ready to kick in, worrying about my scores. I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to find something else to do. I'm just, I can't do this now. So, you know, I don't even really know if anyone was injured. But again, at this point, it's non-point scoring season for the most part. Um, But you know what? Excuse me. See, right there. I'm like pubescent boying over here. Let's just go right to the one of our listener questions at FF Tommy B. I think we can all agree the health and safety of players is infinitely more important, but how are you approaching the championship situation? And the annoying part is it's not just a championship situation. There's third place games like Rocky pointed out. And if you have the toilet bowl with some sort of prize at the end, I mean, that all draft order, it all comes into play. Um, I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to say what I did for all the, God knows how many leagues I run at this point. Um, hold on. Let me pull up Discord to so I can like read out what I posted in there. Um, <clears throat> here's my thinking. If the remaining fantasy... Okay, actually, stop. My, my thought process this morning was, I'm just going to do whatever the NFL and MFL, because that's where all my leagues are, on myfantasyleague.com, whatever they say to do. Um, NFL came out and said that as of now... It's just kaput, you know. They don't know how or when they will reschedule it anyway. So as of right now, it's just indefinitely delayed. And MFL struck whatever was scored so far off of their pages. It says, I think, undefined or something like that, you know, on their pages. Um, So after that happened, I stopped and I thought, and all right, so here's what I wrote down. Here's my thinking. If the remaining fantasy games were already decided before Monday night's game, I will go through and declare winners. If you are in one of these games where even though it wasn't technically decided, but you clearly were going to lose, I will leave it to you to concede the game. And I am injecting here at this point you are going to hear me complain about this a lot over the next few years um i made six championship games three of them were trade addicts leagues three of them were not trade addicts leagues i lost all three trade addicts leagues and i might win all three of the other ones like one of them couldn't be a trade addicts league i mean come on all right So, yeah, I will unfortunately be doing this for my three championship games. If no one wants to concede, we will hold out and wait to see what if the NFL reschedules the game. If they do not, we will deal with it when that happens. But at least this way we can have a few games decided, get some more draft slots set, and send out some prizes. 
If the two people decide to split the pot or donate the pot or whatever, then co-champs or co-third places will be named and we will use a randomizer to select the draft slots. I mean, I posted this only like maybe 25 minutes ago and I said, this sounds fair to me, but please let me know if you have any concerns. I have a bunch of thumbs up emojis and no one has complained yet. So this is pretty much the best I could really think of because at first you're just like, okay, how do you declare a winner? Oh, they're willing to split the fine. That's great. Oh yeah, crap. Draft picks. Like, you know, there's more to it than that. So, and honestly, I couldn't think of a better way. You can't really, like, I don't think you weight this at all. Like, they oh it was 147 to 145 this person gets 147 names in the hat this person gets one like we're not going to do that that's ridiculous so honestly just two names in a hat pick one out 50 50 shot i think that's honestly the best way i could think of it rocky i know you run a league or two john i know you run at least one league because we rival read harry potter leagues at one point um so between the two of you do you have any ideas on how to go forward with the situation right now um the way i'm doing it in <clears throat> excuse me i run about eight uh and in my leagues i went through uh there were a number of them where you could declare a winner uh i don't i don't think any of them were technically over but like there were examples like uh, we have a junkies listener league, uh, a second listener league, and uh, someone was up by 45, and the other guy had Gabe Davis. So, I mean, I, I went to the managers involved. I'm, technically, I guess that's possible, but it's actually a, the, the the now loser is is Justin Mercer, who had Gabe Davis, um, a friend of the show, and and he he was willing to concede, and that's kind of how I'm doing it. I'm like, unless you object, and and I think given the situation so far, no one's objected in any of these situations where it was like, yeah, you're not, you know, you're not going to win that. Like I had another one that, that was very easy where it, the guy at Dawson knocks down like ninety. So in those kind of situations, I'm just declaring a winner. That's a crappy way to finish the season. <laughs> yes. It was like, well, the other team went nuts. It was like 230 to 140 or something like oh, that. That's rough. Uh, yeah. So so in those situations, I just declared a winner. No one objected. I, I did throw it out there. You know, if you have a problem with it, let me know and, and, and we'll work it out. But uh, and then in any there were any there were any kind of sort of gray areas, um, which I think I had like three of those. Uh, I did the split the pot thing. We just said code champs. And, uh, I mean, even, and I have one, I commish where I was in the title game. I had Steph Diggs down eight. He had nobody. And I was willing to just split the pot. He was cool with that. I, I, that's a game I probably win if they play the whole game, but uh, I, you know, I want to do what's best for the league anyway. So just get it done with, I don't think they're going to reschedule the game. So I'm trying to get everything, you know, everybody to agree we're, yeah. we're splitting or this person's winning and all that and get the payouts done as soon as possible. With Drafter, I just want to chime in, too, and Draft Order, what I'm doing, though, is uh, regardless of what they decide to do with the pot and all that, uh, I'm giving it to the higher seed gets the 112 is what I'm doing. Like, if you were the one seed oh, and you were playing the five seed. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So even if it's uh, – if I declare it a winner, then that person, even if they're the lower seed, yeah, is yeah. playing the 112. But if it's those gray ones, I'm giving, like, the one seed or the two seed, the 112 over, like, the five seed. So fair that's enough. basically how I did it, yep. I honestly didn't do too much different than what you guys were talking about. My big thing was I wanted to be proactive about it. So I, like even before they canceled the game and all that, I started reaching out to any of the the players that were in the championships that were going to be contested, you know, that weren't a hundred percent done already and that kind of thing. Um, and so I just wanted to be proactive about it. And I put out there like, Hey, why don't, 
why don't you two come to an agreement? And, you know, if, if the game gets played, obviously we'll, you know, we'll just play it out and everything will be fine. If the game doesn't get played, at least you have an agreement in place. And I didn't have, I only commission uh, six leagues. So like I, you know, I didn't have too many that I had to freak out about. Um, and everyone was pretty good about it. I have one league that I commission where I'm technically winning, but I'm projected to lose by like 15 or something like that. Um, he probably would have won and everything. And so, you know, I, I told him that, uh, you know, that I was willing to, you know, I, I was willing to concede and do all that kind of stuff, you know, but maybe we like split the pot. It's a very small one, uh, but I, I'm like, technically I won, but I don't feel right winning like that. So, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and concede and do all that. And then in another one, that one, this one hurt, but th- my point was uh, I want, people to you know once again think about what happened with demar hamlin like be generous you know like be positive be a good person um i was in a uh i was in a very close matchup in a championship game and in a league that i don't commission and the guy had an undefeated season so i could have ruined his season and all that kind of stuff i and i mean it was like we were projected to be within like a point or two of each other and I just said, man, I don't want to ruin your your perfect season like this. So I let him have the championship. I did split the pot with him, though. I said, okay, you you take the ship. I, I'm 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 splitting the pot, though. I want at least half of that money. <laughs> sixteen and one, uh, sixteen <laughs> oh and one. Sorry, like make it a tie. <laughs> right now, I was like, man, you know that's so amazing. Like it's not a it's not an easy league. It's not like some BS league where like you know no one's no one's playing for anything. Like everyone's active. Everyone's good and for for anyone to be in that kind of league and have an undefeated season. I didn't want to take that away from him. You know? Oh, see, I absolutely would want to take that away. Just like oh, I, mean, I wanted to, I wanted to, beat him, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't want to take it away from him. That way. way. Yeah. <laughs> one other thing I want to throw there, cause I have seen it mentioned on Twitter too. And it, um, we're actually doing this in one league that I don't commission, but I was in the title game. It's actually a redraft league, but I was up uh, like 53 and a half. I had nobody. He had chase, uh, Burrow and we actually have head coaches in this league and he had Zach Taylor. Um, you can't get like a max more than like 10 points with a coach. But uh, anyway, it was definitely an up in the air type game and we agreed to split the pot and we are using their, assuming they play, because I'm not sure what the Bengals situation is in terms of starters sitting or not next week, but assuming they play, uh, we're using the points next week to determine who won the game, you know, who won the title, but we're splitting the pot, which yeah. I, I think that's kind of a, a fair way to do it. If, if you want to crown an actual champ, just in, in those gray area games, split the money. But, but if you want to crown a champ, you can use next week's points. I don't hate that. I'm not that concerned about that. Yeah. If I don't get it because of that, I, I, I'm fine either way if I'm getting my money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, again, it's, you know, one of those times where it's just like, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, okay, you know what, we're doing listener questions, let's just keep going with them, because they're mostly just making fun of John, and that's what I'm all about (laughs) at this point. First question we have, at Daddy's Home FF, if John could only pick one Dave to have in the happy hour chat, which two would he kick out, assuming he was still admin, which he's not because he sucks? (laughs) <laughs> all right so real quick i i created the group chat for our happy hour uh crew you know there's like 30 of us in there we all get together on friday nights and and do all that uh one time as a joke i left the the chat 
just to like, I, somebody said something stupid and I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. You know, this is a joke. And I left. I'm not even thinking about the fact that when I came back, I was no longer going to be admin. So now it's this whole thing where they, they completely hold it over me that I'm not admin in the chat that I created and that I don't have any of the power in the chat and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's, that's where that whole thing is coming from. But it's a trick question anyway, because Mike knows I'm not getting rid of any of those Daves. Mike has to, you know, he's got to go. He, <laughs> It's a hundred percent. Like Mike's gone. Sorry, that, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the guy, but if I had to choose, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love that he didn't pull anything. He's like, "Oh no, I have an answer. That's fine." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not my style. Yeah. All right. The next one is at T King Mode. Why does John have Malik Willis ranked as his QB one <laughs> in Dynasty? And there's a blue check mark after this this man's name, so clearly he is not lying. And Malik Willis, it's your QB one, one hundred percent. It's it's one hundred percent. I um I definitely did not do a Malik Willis grudge match in the off season where I went head to head with an analyst that was all about Malik Willis one hundred one and all that, and I said how it was like the dumbest thing you could ever do. I definitely didn't do any of that. I mean, like you said. Troy King has a, a check mark, so yeah. you, you got to believe him over me. So, unfortunately, Absolutely. people with check Malik Willis, QB1, you know. Yeah. To be fair, it's not wrong yet. You don't know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know. Here, I'm going to be feeling good, baby. Woo. I know he just got benched for Josh Dobbs, but, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the slow con. They're waiting until next season. <laughs> it is. They just don't want people to know. They don't want people yeah. to have tape. No That's tape. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's more important they keep uh, the greatness of Malik Willis secret than get into the playoffs. So. Absolutely. It really, really is. <laughs> it's very true. And as a Titans fan, uh, it definitely does not hurt me to my, my core how bad Malik Willis is. No, yeah, it doesn't. At all. It doesn't. At all, because he's great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the last question we have is at MG underscore Dynasty. I'd like you to ask Coach A how he manages to get – now he manages to get by living out of a minivan. And if watching football strictly on McDonald's Wi-Fi ever gets old. All right. First of all, I saw this question in the show sheet and like, is he trying to say that this is a bad thing? Like I sit in the little spot, number four, I'm always in number four and I just order on my phone and the, the girls bring the food out to me and I connect, I'm connected to their Wi-Fi. I can watch the, the I can watch the games on my phone. Like, is this some like kind of bad lifestyle? I mean, I'm, are you it's, kidding? It's, it's Getting to me. eat McDonald's and watch football by yourself—that sounds glorious. It does. <laughs> I'm telling you, every once in a while, I do have to leave my spot, and you know, it's risky because somebody could take it. Because I always want number four, um, but I have to leave because I have to go to the drive-up uh, trash can. You know, because yeah. it starts getting a little full after a while. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, uh, you know, I rush back go around and get to number four again. So getting out of the car, out of the question, and leaving your car there. Oh no, no! I mean, you know, you have you have plenty of cups and everything. You know, you can do everything you need. Uh, no reason okay. to leave. No, Good no more questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that that was the end of our listener questions. Let's move on to our trade addicts trades. Trade addicts leagues are twelve team super flex PPR tight end premium with one point seven five points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage for all of them except for TA1. And we're back to having a couple of TA1 trades every once in a while. The first, well, no, this is the only one for this trade, this show, nice words. Geno Smith and Brian Robinson for Derek Carr, a late second and a third. Now, before we actually get to this trade, 
it's really funny because Kenny, um, Kenny DM'd me and he's just like, all right, so I feel like I'm wrong about Derek Carr's <laughs> value. Like, tell me what it's supposed to be. And I'm just like, I mean, does he have value at the moment? Like, until recently, I've just been like, oh, he's playing well enough. And they just brought over Adams that they're going to restructure his contract so he doesn't have that big of a cap and all that stuff. And then he got benched and Jared Stidham didn't look awful. And I'm not going to say they're going into next season with Jared Stidham as their quarterback, but I kind of feel like this shows that they might not be going, they're most likely not going into next season with Derek Carr as their quarterback. Yeah, I think sitting him alone showed that they weren't going into next season with that's Derek what I mean. Carr. Yeah, that's, that's more or less what yeah. I was getting at. So I was just like, I'm not sure Carr has super much value. Like, don't get me wrong. He's going to start somewhere. He has shown that he is good enough to not even be a bridge, but like to get a job a la Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. and, you know, Baker, Sam Darnold, like go and be the starter somewhere for a year or two while the team figures out what the heck they're doing. Next Colts quarterback. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I do think he gets a job, but I mean, let's face it. If I have the opportunity to say, well, dude doesn't have a job right now. Why am I going to pay anything for him? I'm going to use that excuse, even knowing that he probably will have one. So I'm like, nah, I, I, I think you're thinking way too highly of this. I think you need to face reality. And he's like, all right, crap, you're right. And I have to be honest, Derek Carr and a late second and third for Gino and Brian Robinson. I think I want Gino and Brian Robinson pretty easily. Because I do think Gino is the quarterback there next season. Because at the po- at this moment, the Seahawks have enough issues where probably taking a QB at two might not solve everything. Though I would love not Geno Smith and throwing to DK Metcalf because that would just make DK Metcalf better. But like I do think Geno Smith is there going forward. And Brian Robinson is good enough that he's going to keep that committee going. Like he's going to still have that job next year, the same job he has right now. I'm not, we're not going to do this. He's going to be the guy next year thing with Brian Robinson. I think, don't think anyone is there for that. So Geno Smith over Derek Carr, Brian Robinson, late second and a third short. You know, I, like to me, this is an even enough trade, but I would rather take the guys I feel safe are going to be where they are and do well enough there. Yeah, I honestly think, that you know people will say oh well the Seahawks have multiple picks and all that kind of stuff they can go get a QB and I guess technically they can but you know you hear that about every single team every single bad team Houston Carolina you know like it doesn't matter who it is Seattle all these teams oh they're gonna go get a QB there's only two good QBs in this draft class (laughs) like that's it um people like to to you know like boost up these other QBs but they're just not that good and I mean that if anything, it's going to take a year or two. So the point of the story is I think Geno Smith is going to be in Seattle. I think yeah. he's going to be, you know, the, the QB there. And, you know, probably Derek Carr is probably going to be a QB somewhere as well. Like he could go yeah. to the Jets. Somebody mentioned uh, on like a podcast I listened to. That makes a, a lot idea. of sense. I never yeah. really thought of that, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot. There's so many bad QBs. Look at it. Right now, there's so many bad QBs in the league that are starting because there's no one else. We actually had uh, – I think there were 64 QBs that started this season. It was the most since 2007. And like the 
the most, or, you know, beyond that, it was like the second time since like 1953 that that many QBs started in the season. There's only 32 teams, if you don't remember. So, um, you know, I think that both of them will have it, but give me Gino, like he's, he's going to be in the same, you know, the same team, the same scheme, the same, all that kind of stuff. We have no idea where Derek Carr is going to be. And I mean, we like to assume that he's going to be a starter. We cannot guarantee he's yeah. going to be a starter anywhere. Uh, so, and then you could probably get a late second or close ish for Brian Robinson. So, I mean, you can always sell them or, or do something with them, maybe like during the draft uh, or closer to your rookie draft, maybe try to sell them and, or, piece to a pick and Brian Robinson and go get something else like that kind of thing. So I don't love Brian Robinson, but I'll take the better QB and then, you know, like maybe I can do something with them later. Yeah. And just to correct the wrongness I said before, uh, the Seahawks now have the third pick because Denver did a little too well and Chicago did a little too worse, which means since Chicago don't need a quarterback, they are hopefully going to just get a haul for someone that wants to trade up for Stroud or Young, um, in which case the Seahawks, if they wanted to, would have to use their extra picks to move up one spot to go. And like I said before, it I mean, yeah, quarterback is the most important thing. And in the NFL, there aren't that many great quarterbacks that come around. So if they do think one of these guys is great, yeah, you spend that, but they have enough holes that they shouldn't. So who the hell knows? Um, did you talk yet, Rocky? I, don't I didn't. I, I mean, I was just going to basically agree with you too. I, I just, I was just going to add that. Uh, I agree. Derek Carr's a starter next year, but, uh, but like we said, Gino is too, and and I don't know that Carr's de- definitely a starter beyond next year, depending where he goes, depending on how he performs. I don't think he's getting some massive contract. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it could be like you know a two-year, three-year deal that they can get out after one year. Or something like that is what I expect. Like, like I said, if he goes to the Colts, they're just going to rotate to the next old guy the following year. So, um, I, I don't think either of these guys is guaranteed more than one year. I think they both are getting one more year. And Brian Robinson, I would, I, I'm not a huge Brian Robinson fan either, but I, I'd easily give up a late second and third for him. He's late seconds and even late seconds are not very high hit rates. So you're not. Yeah. I don't think you're giving up much there. And and Robinson. Uh, you know he's had some nice nice games, so I, I I kind of would be pretty happy with getting Brian Robinson for that. And I would rather I, I think I'd rather have Gino over. I mean, who's been better this year, Gino or Derek Carr? So, yeah. and, and like you said, he'll be in the same system, and Derek Carr won't. So yeah, I, I would take that side pretty easily. So besides missing doing the DAP Network, if you will, and we will, you know what else I missed last week? What is it? Oh, I know what it was. Sleeper, <laughs> trade of the week. Sleeper, trade of the week. We're going to talk about a trade addict's trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. Yeah, missed that. All right, so the tr- Sleeper trade of the week is Trade Addicts 2 and that jerk Brian Har. <sighs> Again, at least it was by more than a point. Like, you know, I can say I lost this game. Um, So Brian traded away what turned out to be the 110 and a 24 first for Travis Etienne and a 24 second. And, of course, Travis Etienne, who hasn't scored, like, more than 10 points in a game in the past four games, scores more than 10 points on one play. 
Um, but Rocky, in general, 110 and a 24 first. So you're talking two firsts for Travis Etienne and a 24 second. How do you feel about it? I I think it's probably fair. I, I We all know I'm not the biggest Travis Etienne. I was not the biggest Travis Etienne fan coming into the league. But, I, I you know, I'm not a guy who has take lock. I also wasn't the biggest DK Metcalf fan coming into the league. And I did to be an idiot not to turn around at some point on DK Metcalf. And I'm sort of getting there on, on Etienne. Uh, I think I, I don't love giving up two first, but one of them's late. You're getting the second back, and he's definitely shown more than I expected to, especially running the ball. I, you know, I think a lot of people thought he'd be good catching the ball out of the backfield, but he, he's shown me a little more in the run game than I expected from him. I thought he had vision issues in college, but he's he's been doing fairly well, and I think this is what you have to pay to get him. I mean, a late first and a, a, a future first. And you're getting a second back. I think it's fair value. I, I, I don't know that I'd want to give it up, but I think if I'm evaluating this trade, the ETN side is the higher value side. Yeah, I, I think it's extremely fair. Um, I, I also think that it's something that you would do, you know, when you're trying to compete for a ship or a third place, like trying to win some money, like that kind of thing. Um, I don't know that I would want to do it right now just because I know like there's so many good running backs in this draft class that like at 110 you're probably going to get a pretty solid running back and then you're you know keeping that 24 first. So I don't know if I'd want to pay it, but that is definitely his price. Like you're going to have to pay that in order to to get it done. So uh it's fairs can be you know honestly like ETN in the second might be the better side of the trade, but I you know I do a Debbie pod. <laughs> like I, I fall in love with these, with these prospects and everything. Like I, I believe in my heart that I can draft a very good player at 110 and still keep that 24 first. And so like that part of me is like, no, don't do it. <laughs> See, I have no idea what 24 second this is, but it was Brian's 24 first. And assuming whatever Brian's team is, doesn't completely collapse. You hope it's at least, a later end first, which means there's a chance it's just a couple of picks, you know. So that is why I would probably be okay with this, you and, know. And ETN himself, I mean, is a guy he's going to have for multiple, you know, years. Yeah, rookie, you know, second year guy. I mean, yeah, you know, young running back offense that still seems to hit its bumps like it did this past week, and Trevor Lawrence only giving me like four points, but that offense is getting better. They're getting stud wide receiver Calvin Ridley next season. And, you know, so I I do think it's a safe move because I don't think even with the inflow of rookie running backs, you are going to have a problem moving Travis Etienne tomorrow if you wanted to. So I agree. This is one of those moves where it's just, this is my answer for, well, people are just going to sell out for the future to go and try and win. No, no really good trades happen right yes. before. And of course, this was like right before the championship game where I saw it and I'm like, mf like really, Brian? And <sighs> and to your point, like he could do this, get the points from ETN this week and then immediately turn around and flip them and get pretty much the same value back. And it's like, especially right. if it's someone like you who doesn't like having running backs, yeah. uh, you can just trade that and then, and then trade for another running back 
uh, 10 months from now when he needs one again or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, I was thinking the the one ten was his, but now you're saying he won the championship. With oh it. yeah, no, it's, it was just another first he had. I don't know if he still yeah, has. I, his I don't know why I was one. thinking that somebody would have their own pick in a trade axe league. So I, that was completely <laughs> on me. But uh, but yeah, if he won a ship with it, then obviously it's an easy Travis Etienne smash uh, yeah, in the context of the trade. But you know, really, you, you don't know. know. When making the trade, but yes, uh, winning is always worth it anyway, and it's definitely worth making a fair trade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and that is your trade of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to the platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. Next trade we have is still THU, and this was me. Um, I traded away, this was before the games, Terry McLaurin for Keenan Allen and a late second. I got to be honest, I'm sitting here just thinking, they'll probably score pretty similarly. Keenan Allen's been doing pretty well, even when the Chargers offense doesn't do well. And I can get a second? Yeah. That, that's yeah, where I, that's where I'm at. With like, I I want the key. You're basically paying for a couple extra years, I guess, with Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think the way this week, I mean, obviously they didn't know this when they made the trade, but the way this week panned out, neither one of them did a whole bunch for you. Yeah. Uh, but but I think Keenan Allen actually did score more even this week, and and you're getting the second on top of it. I'm fine. And, and again, Terry McLaurin is not young you know people i still think people think he's not as old as he is he's like 27 ish yeah uh so he's only a few years younger than alan and alan i just especially you know i assume this that yeah this was made before this this week i i would definitely take those points in the second over mclaren's couple extra years yeah, it's really tough, man, because, like, that injury at the beginning of the season was scary as hell with Allen. You know, like, dude could not get back on the field, yeah, went out and sure. did, like, one play week three, and then, you know, I'm like, is this guy just done? You know, so, like, that kind of stuff is scary, and that's what you have to deal with. You have to deal with that kind of stress with a 30-year-old wide receiver, which is probably why this trade happened. Um, so I get both sides, but going back to the whole, like, Debbie thing and rookies and all that kind of good stuff – I really think that there's going to be some quality players that fall to that late second this year. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, seconds are worthless and all that kind of stuff. Man, I I don't see it at the very least this season, but really most seasons. I just don't see it that way. And so if I can get similar players, yes, there's an age discrepancy and all that kind of stuff and get the second there, I think I'd go ahead and lean Keenan there as well. I like when everyone chooses my sides of the trade. Not going to lie. Makes me kind of happy. <laughs> uh, we push forward to Trade Addicts 5, where Deonta Foreman and Travis Kelsey were traded for Sky Moore, Darren Waller, and a late first. Now, I really wish I looked into the context of this trade, because if you're trading away Travis Kelsey, you don't really expect to see Darren Waller on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was pretty weird, and I kind of don't want to look into it now because it it kind of just makes it more fun that way. Um, but if this is me, I want Travis Kelsey without even really thinking about it. I mean, I know Kelsey only put up fit like twelve, fifteen points this week and didn't win you the championship like we hoped he would, but he still destroyed every other tight end like by miles. So. And there's zero reason for that to change. And man, my voice cracking is just so bad. 
like zero reason. Um, so I get it. A late first is cool. Like you keep saying, there will be talent back there. And I liked Sky Moore coming in. I was sad when he went to KC. But like Sky Moore was a late first. And that isn't going great so far. So and or it can be Justin Jefferson, who the heck knows. But like if this is me, especially in a league where we have the point seven five, I just I just want Kelsey and I, I, I don't need to think about that much. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And and it's not like Travis Kelsey's gonna fall off the face of the earth in the next year. I even if he's not the tight end one again next year. He's, he's still going to be the tight end three or the tight end four, worst case scenario. Yeah. So, and everything, other than the late first, everything, you know, I'm with you. I, I Receivers that don't really do anything their first year scare the hell out of me. They, they generally don't succeed. Uh, so, uh, Sky Moore doesn't hold a lot of value in this trade for me, even though it's a youthful piece. And like you yeah. said, Darren Waller has, like, zero trade value. So, uh, yeah. If, I'm, if I can give up a late first, essentially, and some other stuff for Kelsey and and a, you know Foreman is. I forget if he even had a decent week this week, but I know he was coming off a good week. So yeah, it's a nice little throw-in piece too. It's, it's a pretty easy call for me to give that up for Kelsey if I'm going. If you know, if I was in the title game this week. Yeah, for me, it's value-wise. I think it's fine. Uh, you know, like if you're really think that Darren Waller was injured all year long. Uh, he's going to have probably a new QB, you know, all that kind of stuff. He could very well bounce right back to being the tight end four, you know, that kind of thing. And then you're going to say, oh, well, this isn't that bad, you know, tight end four in the late first. But uh, Travis Kelsey is a guy that's going to be on my team until he retires. And so if I have the opportunity to get him or, you know, if I'm – if I have him on my team already, I'm not trading him away. It just, I, I had a lot of people, I was in a league um, and I just, my team completely fell apart and people started sending me offers for Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. And I could not do it, man. And there were some decent offers. I could not do it. And dude's 34 years old. I just, I still couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen an offer. Like I literally don't remember an offer came coming in for Travis Kelsey or like, I remember at the beginning of the season, I was blowing up my TA4 team, or this even may have been at the end of last season, and I had Kelsey on my team, and I literally could not get a trade I thought was good. And I ended up just accepting something, and it made me super, super sad, but, you know, I also just don't have any patience, so I did it anyway. But, like, I literally just – I don't remember ever receiving a good offer for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Sad, sad. All right, so the last trade we have is from Trade Addicts 10. And this one, again, was super interesting to me. And I believe this was a you trade, Rocky. It was me. So we're going to let John go first on this one. Jonathan Taylor for Austin Eckler and a late second. I mean, honestly, it's it's weird because I'm kind of lower on both players here than than most people. And so it, it's it's weird, like, being in this position. But... You know, when you think of the age uh, discrepancy and all that kind of stuff, you, you want to lean towards Jonathan Taylor. But man, the the Colts' whole situation is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know—is it going to change? I mean, is it going to change anytime soon? I I just don't know. Uh, it's one of those things where, like like I said, there's there's only so many QBs in the draft. There's only so many, so many QBs in the league. Who the hell is going to be their QB next year? Who the hell is going to be their coach next year? Uh, so like. 
I honestly, you know, you see Jonathan Taylor, you see Austin Eckler, you kind of just go, oh, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor, but I'm kind of talking myself into the the Eckler side here. Um, I feel like maybe if it was anything, if it was an if it was an early second or maybe even a mid second, I think I would definitely go with the Eckler side. Uh, but just for the age discrepancy, like you can see how much I'm waffling here, but like just because <laughs> of the age difference, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Taylor there. Yeah, and I mean, I have long been pretty outspoken about being unhappy with Jonathan Taylor's value. But honestly, this isn't bad for Jonathan, like for a running back that isn't prime Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, like this is pretty good for just a good running back. And my only issue is everything John just said. Jonathan Taylor only seems to do well when that Colts offense is clicking. When that offense is doing well, Jonathan Taylor has the ability to do very, very well. But when that offense has the slightest glitch, we're talking single-digit points. We're talking no touchdowns, no receptions, just gross for fantasy football. But I feel like if I was either knocked out of the playoffs, didn't make the playoffs, and I had Eckler on my team, I think I would send this to go get Jonathan Taylor. My hopes would probably be to move Taylor before the season started, which thankfully is a very long time from now. But, you know, I I, I think that would be like, it's it's weird. Like I didn't expect when I first saw this, I'm like, oh yeah, anything to get out of Jonathan Taylor. Cool. And especially if you're still competing to get those points in the championship, no less. Yeah. And, and this absolutely is context matters, you know, th- which side of this you really take value wise. I think it's Jonathan Taylor just because I mean, Eckler's what 31 already the chargers are a very good team, which means they're getting close to being able to use leisure picks, which means a year that has a lot of good running backs in, in the draft. It might be the year they spend a second round pick on a running back. You know, it might be the time where they, they're not going to get rid of Eckler. I mean, I, I don't know what his contract is, so maybe they do. But, like, assuming he's still under contract and still all of that stuff, he could be relegated to a receiving back or, like, a third down back, which, honestly, has place in fantasy football. In a 12-team league where you start 10 players, you'll still want to start the receiving back for the Chargers. I, like, so I, I don't think that just completely destroys his value. But when compared to only a second between him and Jonathan Taylor – yeah, that's a little worrisome. So I like I get this on every side. And weirdly, it's a trade for Jonathan Taylor that I kind of feel good with. So, Rock, which were you and how do you feel about it? Yeah, that's where I was at. I traded for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I was uh, in the playoffs in TA-10, knocked out in the first round. Uh, traded traded Eckler to the guy who uh, was in one of the guys that was in the championship game. Uh, and I actually sent Eckler for Taylor straight up, hoping to capitalize on, you know, uh, wanting points at this point in the season in the title game. And he countered with this and that it, it seemed fair to me. I, like you said, I, I expect a little bit of uh, a value bump for Taylor in the off season, the non-point scoring season, uh, just because we, we maybe we'll forget a little bit how up and down he was points wise and the injury and all that. And he's still a young running back, and we still remember a couple years ago when he was dominant. So 
I, I, and I may keep him on my roster. I mean, I, I think he's still only 23, 24. So uh, I just, I like getting the years back again. I, I know what John was saying about seconds earlier, but, but a late second tends to, to, to mean less to me than a mid to early second, kind of exactly like you were saying, John, yeah. uh, that it made it pretty easy for me when he counted this. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, I said straight up a late second isn't enough to move me off that. And uh, I think the value was on the Taylor side. So uh, Eckler's still going to be fine next year, I guess. I, I don't expect him to be RB1 again next year. So I'll take the the five, six years I'm getting back and 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 possibly not, have, like you said, not even have Taylor on my roster coming into September. I don't know. To to Russ's point, though, he was saying how like this might be the year where they take a guy in the second, take a running back in the second. The thing is, there's so many good running backs in this class, they don't have to take a guy in the second. They could take a guy in the third, fourth round pick, and instead of it being Isaiah Spiller, who is not good, it could actually be a good running back this year, and, and you know maybe he'll actually be able to get onto the field. So um, you know, I don't think that a running back's just going to completely take over. I don't think Austin Eckler is going to completely go away or anything like that. Uh, but when you, you know, when you start thinking about it that way and, and then also to r- both of your points, like this is another reason why trade deadlines are a bad thing, because this is another good trade for a team that came, you know, fell out of the playoffs. Like no one got screwed here. And I think so, it's, like, I think it's guaranteed they're going to take it. Don't they do take a running back every year at this point? Isaiah Spiller, probably, Kelly, yeah. Larry Roundtree. It seems Jackson, like every year. Yeah. Before that. It seems yeah. like every year they're taking somebody. So they're probably going to try again to fill that. The compliment to Eckler role that can maybe take more of the rushing work. And we'll, we'll maybe this time it'll actually uh, stick. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, John really made the great point that I was waiting to grandstand about. We had one, two, three, four, five trades that we talked about, and there were a bunch of smaller ones that just didn't seem worth it, you know, thirds for this guy or whatever. None of these were terrible trades. None of these were bad trades. None of these ruined the league. None of these decided any of the games. I I traded for Eckler. Eckler had a great game and he lost. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and yeah, ETN did really well. I did not lose by ETN's points. I lost by a whole lot more than that. <laughs> so even if he didn't make the trade, he still would have won. So yeah, you take that, Brian, losing those firsts and he didn't even have to. Moral <laughs> victory. That, that was me pounding my chest and it really hurt and I shouldn't have done that. Um, so again, you know, we're not, there's clearly no reason to go into the argument right now, but trade deadlines are stupid, but yeah, play whatever, and, if that makes and you these happy. these trades are the perfect you. example of why I, I converted. We've talked about before how, when, I think when I was first started on this show, I was still kind of an anti, uh, no trade deadline guy, but yeah, I, I've totally done it on my 80. It's, it's yeah. stupid. I think it takes one season of not being in a trade deadline for you to realize that it's that it's a terrible thing to have. And, yeah. and it's really funny because, yeah, we've had trades to talk about every single week on this show throughout the playoffs, but there were still weeks that went by, probably leagues that didn't make a single trade in the playoffs, even though they could. Some teams are just happy with who they have. It's not like you have to. And even if the play, the person you're playing against does, it doesn't mean you have to match their trades. Like, if that's a way, I mean, I do that because it's fun, you know, like I, I just remember the very in the first round, anytime someone I was playing against made a trade, I started screaming arms race in the chat and started throwing out <laughs> offers to everyone it was just because it was fun. But 
it's not something you have to do. It's not something you have to fall into. And yet again, no trades that are even lopsided, no less league ruining or anything like that. So yeah. And to your point, I had a league non-trade addicts league. I, where I had one of those games that you could call despite what, you know, you know, the game being canceled Monday where I won by like 50 points and not make a single trade the entire playoffs. It's, yeah. And, and other people did. And, it, you know, sometimes it works for you, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of our show, Sheep. But before we do end the show, I just want to ask you guys, what now? Technically, the season's over. We have champions in some of our leagues, regardless. What do you do as, I mean, let's stick to as a manager, not as a commissioner, because that's a different show altogether. But are you hanging your hat up for a while? Like, are you taking a week or two off? Are you going to be, because now we have our draft orders. We know every single pick. Is there anything you look to do now before maybe a few weeks when more information comes out? Is there anything you do now that you feel would help anyone out there? Well, John, I want you to go first because you as a Devi guy, you who knows these incoming players more, is there anything, like, are there are there moves you make with draft picks that you think other people who may not know these players as well right now, you know, might not know to do? Is there anything that you're, like, trying to go and sneak out and do right now? Getting, like, getting late seconds and thirds cheaper than, you know, I would – maybe think that they should be is obviously the goal um, because I do think there's going to be players last year. The draft was so straightforward, like almost if you you could go to like 95 different people's uh, websites or whatever, and they're all going to be pretty damn close with the top 12 were pretty much the top 12 for it may be in order, but they were all there. This year is going to be the complete opposite. I think, you know, you're going to have people that completely fall in love with Anthony Richardson and his athleticism and all that kind of stuff. And you're going to have people like me that I'm like, I, he's essentially off my board and no players ever off my board, but he, he might as well be because somebody's always going to take him before. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. And so, you know, it, I think that because of that kind of stuff, whereas last year it was like, all right, well, if you don't have 110, you're not getting sky more like that kind of thing. I didn't want sky more but I'm just saying like, that's how it was yeah. this year you're not going to be able to say that like you're it's just going to be completely different so i'm going to get whether it's an early second mid second late second you know or even get, getting into the thirds i'm trying to get those kind of picks because i do think that p- players are going to fall at least in certain leagues that maybe you wouldn't think are going to fall or you know even if you don't know the players right now because obviously i can list off 50 names that you know like maybe you would want um you know, even if you don't know the names, you'll know them by then, or you can listen to the right people that, that do know them and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that would be my goal. The only thing is, you know, 99% of people are just hoarding their picks at this point. And, and, you know, like it's, it's very difficult to get. So you really do have to be, I think the, the one for one trades don't work. This is where you really have to like be strategic and try to do, you know, a, a, a two for one special, like that kind of stuff and make someone really think you are giving them value. Like well, this, this idiot's giving me, you know, Austin Eckler in a second for Jonathan Taylor, like that kind of thing. You have to, you know, you have to make people really, uh, really think it through and, you know, like not that you're tricking them, but you know, you just have to, you have to make it even for him. So like, I guess it's more difficult. You probably have to make more even trades right now, like that kind of thing, but it's even right now 
once the draft happens and all that kind of stuff, you know, the value is probably going to go up right then. But then when you get that player that fell, you're going to be like, oh, man, I'm, I I so won this trade. Yeah. Early seconds, ever ever since the 2020 draft and being able to get all them T. Higgins and Michael Pittman at the 201-202 in drafts that are considered a little deeper up top, going for those early seconds are absolutely one of my my favorite moves. But one of my – I think what I'm going to do now is – kind of something I learned from the other man this is really hard to think of how to explain this um I have a couple of leagues where I have let's screw it let's be super specific in trade addicts one I have the 102 and the 103 right now common concept common consensus there you go there's a word is Bijan and then Strouder Young next regard I don't know what order whatever running back two quarterbacks. So I was trying to drop, I mean, I was trying to drop out of the one Oh three and no one seemed to really understand what I was trying to do. They're like, it's only, you know, I'm trying to trade back to like the one Oh six. They're like, that's three or four picks. Why are you asking for so much? I'm not going to pay that much to move up three picks. And I'm like, right. I'm a bit of a degenerate. Maybe they don't even really know these players yet. In which case, I'll let you pimp out your show in in a, in a minute, John. Like, go listen to these Debbie shows. Go listen. Go find these people talking about these incoming rookies. Find out where they have their tiers and use that to your advantage. Go grab the one hundred three. Go grab the. I mean, to me, like the one hundred six ish is like the bottom of that. We'll call it a second tier because Bijan's a tier by himself. You know, you know, go and try and find where maybe not you because you have no idea who you're talking about, but go and find those people that you trust and, you know, to know these rookies and find out where those are and make those moves now because things are going to change. You know, we still have what, like two weeks before declare deadline and we the draft is going to change things and the combine is going to change things, but usually change drastically from right now to the point where maybe there's a spot or two added or taken away from a tier. But if I can go right now and move up from the 106 to the 103 at a somewhat cheap price, considering what right now I feel that's going to be, I think I'm just going to go do that. You know, so if you find yourself in like the situation of needing a quarterback and you're sitting at the 105, see if you can get away with throwing a second in and being able to move up those two spots. Cause that person might not know that Bijan two quarterbacks. And that's most likely what those first three picks are going to be. So like that, that's my move right now. I am. Well, again, this year is more complicated than it's been before, but you know, I'm going to start going through my leagues and, you know, posting the draft order on the message board and all of that stuff. And that's when, I'm going to, you know, hit that post button on the message board and be like, okay, what do I have? What can I do? Unfortunately, in most leagues, I don't have any first, so there's not much I can do. But, you know, in those leagues where I'm rebuilding and I have a bunch, I'm going to try and move around. I'm going to see like, crap, that's like the 109. All right, cool. That's in a little bit of a, like you said before, John, like you have no idea what the heck's going to be there. So let me just see if I can get a play or like, can I turn that, you know, add a little bit to go get me a Devonta Smith, to go get me like a, some random other guy I really, really like that someone may not have, you know, all that higher because all they know is 2023 20, picks are worth a whole lot, you know, but they don't know where players should really land. See what you can get away with. See what you can do to either 
A, add value to your team, which is always the goal in the non-point scoring season, or just to make you feel better about what you're looking at when you look at your roster. I think that's my next move. Rock? Yeah, I was going to actually say that I don't tend to do a lot, at least the next few weeks. I tend to just sort of wind down. Uh, people don't really have rookie fever yet, but you kind of showed the, the, the kind of way you can take advantage of that is that the people don't know the rookies yet. So I, I do think it's a good idea. The problem is I play with a lot of these degenerates, yeah. me specifically, so they do know. <laughs> but there's definitely, you know, the people listening, there's definitely many uh, leagues out there where you can you can kind of do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the next few weeks, I kind of wind down. Then probably by the end of January, I start trying to dive into the rookies. Um, we've talked about before the last couple of years, I've actually started to try getting eyes on guys and yeah. making my own evaluations and stuff like that. And then I do what you do and kind of augment it with uh, Kane and, and, and Zach Reed and, and those kind of guys, John, uh, what they're saying about the rookies and, and kind of meld it all with my opinion but i really don't get into that until the end of january so here i kind of wind down people send me stuff uh i'm in enough leagues that i do i will get offers in january from somebody oh yeah so uh i'll I'll play around with things and i don't actually hate the idea because i'm less ageist than most players i mean you can you'll be able to get some of these old guys super cheap too i mean we talked about like kelsey Kelsey's value is going to plummet, you know, now that he's not scoring points. So that's a guy you can probably get cheap. And it's like, so we said, going to be the tight end two, three, four next year, uh, despite the fact that he's like 34 years old Uh, or or obviously some of the older running backs. I mean, I'm not really interested in that 2017 class, mostly of running, but even like a Christian McCaffrey, his value is going to go down. He's going to be 26 and, and he's not scoring points for anybody anymore. And people are going to want to get out of them. And you're going to be able to get them a lot cheaper than you were able to get them like two weeks ago. So uh, if you want to, if you want to kind of just grab points early in the off season, uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. If, if, if you want to go that way, I know it's not the, the pretty roster dynasty value way to go about things, but uh, assuming Chris, like, like I said, someone like Christian McCaffrey or Travis Kelsey doesn't, uh, tear an ACL in the offseason or something. Yes, I said it, Russ. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> assuming something like that doesn't happen, uh, you could make out pretty well on a trade for them in January, February. So that's the time when everybody else is getting ready to kind of like get rid of those players. I just wanted to point out that, you know, now that you're looking for a co-host, Russ, you know, like I'm, I'm perfectly willing and able at least, at least to fill in for a little while, you know, or, or whatever you want, you know, like I'm, I'm perfectly fine with all that. Um, but then I think uh, um, Rocky made a really good point with like these older running backs, like there's going to be a mass exodus, like teams just want to get them off of their team. Like they, these players want to get them off their team. And so you're going to see that the entire off season. And I'm not saying to send picks for them now because y- you want to wait for all that value to accrue and all that kind of stuff. But if you're on the clock and you have some of these mid to late seconds, and then, you know, someone doesn't fall to you. That's when you go, okay, well, I have a late second. This guy, you know, loves this player. And, you know, he has Dalvin Cook or whatever it is. And you, I was you might be able to like get Dalvin Cook. You can probably get for a second. Because he's, yeah, he, you he might be able to get a player like that. For like, and, yeah. Yeah. Second and a third or whatever. And he's not going to just be gone next year. He's going to still be putting up points for your team and all that kind of stuff. That's when you want to take advantage of those values. And as far as the tiers, I think. If you want, you know, like right now, obviously everything's not set in stone, but at least in my personal opinion, 
if you have 105 or better, you are in a very, very great position. Yes. But like I said, there's going to be, because at least in my opinion, the, the 105, 101 through 105 should be Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, uh, uh, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and then JSN. Yep. So that's going to be pretty consensus, but you're going to have people throwing Quentin Johnston up there. You're going to have people throwing Zach Evans up there. You know, Anthony Richardson, like I said, Will Levies, like there, there's going to be people throwing these other QBs up there. And now you, next thing you know, JSN might fall to a 106. And then you're like, well, hey, you know, I can do that. So, I mean, if you want to be a little riskier with it, you can even try to get to like a 106, 107 and just really hope and pray that maybe one of these guys somehow falls. Like, like I did this past year with Garrett Wilson. Somehow I got Garrett Wilson at like 108 in the league. Oof. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen? It, just, I mean, it was complete luck. I mean, it, it definitely should not have happened, but it did. And I was very happy about it. Very specific question, John, since you're here, because it's for a guy on one of my Debbie teams. Uh, but you you didn't mention him. And then since we, ha- we haven't run super long anyway, where are you at on uh, Jordan Addison? That's honestly, I really like that was what was sticking out of my head that you didn't even name Jordan Addison. And for a while, he was people's wide receiver one. He was, he dealt with injuries. So, like, I think that's what is kind of like, like, really, a lot of the top receivers dealt with injuries. Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, JSN missed the entire season. Um, And so now people are like, oh, well, you know, JSN was considered a god before, but then he missed the entire season. And so now people are like starting to, you know, doubt him and, and question him and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, you look at what he did, look at how good Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are in the NFL. He was better than them last year, mm-hmm. you know, on the same team. So like, uh, don't, yeah, don't sleep on JSN, but then Jordan Addison, I would say the same thing. Don't sleep on him at all. I love me some Jordan Addison. I did have him above JSN for at least a little bit, just because he was blowing up at USC. Yeah. Then the injury started piling up and, you know, like it, he didn't have the the second half of the season that I would have liked to have seen. Uh, the, the injuries did kind of pile up, but you have a Blitnikoff winner, which means he was the best wide receiver you know in the game last year. And then this year, he put up really good numbers, at least very similar numbers to what he did before. Um, yeah, I, I love me some JSN or Jordan Addison. He's right behind JSN for me. Uh, but I would take JSN before him. But yeah, 106, 107. Uh, it's going to be really interesting because there's some really good running backs like uh, a Zach Evans, a Sean Tucker, Blake Corum, like a lot of these guys that you know you might not even know just yet. But come combine season, Senior Bowl, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, even names like Zach Charbonnet and and uh, <laughs> it is a good. You it, can't it, not say the name Tank Bigsby. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. I, of what I, you think of him, his name is Tank Bigsby. <laughs> I know, but that's why people like him is because his name, his is, name Tank is Tank Bigsby. Do you know <laughs> how many shares of Master Teague I had at last year's draft? <laughs> Just because his name was Master Teague. Because his name was Master Teague. <laughs> and then now people are starting to fall in love with Israel Abanaconda. Uh, so, you know, start learning that name because it does not roll off the tongue the first time. I can that is a fun you. name, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's so many good players players uh but don't sleep on josh downs either i love me some josh downs and a lot of people don't have him there in that same tier but he's right there in that like jordan addison tier for me as well and i know this is not a debbie show so i don't want to talk about it too much like these are things people need to start learning and you literally did just name like 15 names by the way and you're still like gushing and what's funny is yeah i love them i pulled up twitter just to see if there's anything exciting that just happened in the last three seconds 
and all I see is a video of Quentin Johnston just straight up mossing some dude in the end zone. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. okay, yeah, I like that guy now. Oh, I mean, he's he's big and fast, and people love that. People fall in love with it. The problem is, I I like him. I you know I, I really do. But the problem is, people are moving him to one ahead of J- Jordan Addison, ahead of JSN, and that's Ooh, where man. I start falling I've, out. I've of learned life. my lesson on that one. I will it, like it'll be like a J.K. Dobbins thing for me, where like I I will admit that he is my favorite. But like, okay, Jonathan Taylor is better. He's he can be the running back one. But I could still say Dobbins was my favorite. Like that, I've I've learned to be able to do that because when I don't, I end up drafting a lot of JJ Ortega Whiteside when I shouldn't. <laughs> or Jalen exactly. Rager. <laughs> I made that Eagles fan. <laughs> I, I mean, it, honestly, like JJ Ortega Whiteside was the reason why I created my model and everything. Like I was done missing on picks that badly and i'm like all right i got to do something completely different and that's when i started creating the analytical model and doing all that crap and i mean it, it's a completely different world now where i can actually make yeah. picks and and have them be good rather than drafting jj or second white side all right but while you're at it i'm ready to go to bed so before we do that why don't you remind everyone who you are what you do and where they could find what you do all right, so I'm Dynasty Coach A on Twitter. I am the host of the Debbie Devotional Podcast and the Full Tilt Debbie Podcast. Uh, you can find me there. I'm also the host of the Monocle Dynasty Podcast, but I have not done that in about a year, uh, something like that. My my wife bought a business. We became a lot busier after that, and uh, that did not leave a lot of time when you have multiple pods and mm-hmm. multiple leagues and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, unfortunately, I have not done that, but I probably will do, be doing that one during the non-point scoring. Well, season. you need to do it so I can say I'm going to be on and then get a migraine oh, and have to wait right. two weeks, like has happened for <laughs> at least the past two, three years. I, this is not a lie. I'm not trying to suck up or anything like that, but I honestly thought about like a month ago. I was like, I'm so mad at myself for not doing the monocle anymore because I can't have the trade addicts boys on. Like I, I used to have you guys on like every you know two months or something like that, and, and it just really pissed me off. I mean, obviously there's other guests that I love as well, but I'm like, man, it was like clockwork. I mean, yep. not not really for you, Russ, but like you know, for for Rocky at least, you know, it was like clockwork. You know, I would invite him and he would come on, and I would invite you and you would you know not for <laughs> not for, come for on weeks. for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Look, I, I, I got to be a prima donna every once in a while. And I just kept doing it with John. She's like, no, I know I said yes, but I'm not going to do it. No, just get, call me back in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You become uh, the DLF podcaster director and do 20 podcasts and it goes to your head. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> what it's can I say? I, I'm just that good. But <laughs> I'm going to be that good at going to bed because it is that time. Um, our stuff, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You can watch us while we record, drop some stuff in the chat so we can talk about. Also, we have our awesome group me chat, the cool kids club. Be part of that. Um, we still have ffpodshirts.storenv.com where we have all of our, oh, I'm wearing SFB 11 right now, but we still have all of our SFB 12 stuff up and every single penny goes to toys for tots. Clearly this year is passed, but we've already started for next year. Um, on like, yeah, hug your family, tell your friends and everyone that you love them. Don't feel weird telling other dudes you love them. It's, it's not weird. Tell, tell your friends you love them. I love you. I love both of you. (laughs) So, and I love all of you out there that are even for some reason, giving us the time of day to listen to this show. And on (laughs) that note, it is bedtime. Good night, everybody. Good night.
Thank, Thank you, you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS family of podcasts. And a proud member in the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FS Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy fan. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.